Welcome to Minnesota. Welcome to Wisconsin. Whatever you call it, Minnesota and Wisconsin are neighbors in a unique corner of the upper Midwest. It's a place of winding rivers, deep blue lakes, endless trails. And don't forget the cheese. I'm Mark Nikolaski, a lifelong Minnesota journalist from Duluth who's traveled the world and knows my home state is more than snow, cold, and losing football teams. I'm Keith Ulig. I live in Wausau, right in the center of the state, and I write for the newspaper here. Join us as we explore all the beauty, culture, and adventure in the great states of Wisconsin and Minnesota. If you live here, we'll take you beyond the farm fields and Twin Cities nightlife. If you're visiting, we'll show you all the places that make our state special. Join us on our adventures in Wisconsin. You mean Minnesconsin. No, Wisconsin. Minnesconsin. Wisconsin. Minnesconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, good morning, Wiscasodite. It's 5.15. It's cold. It's dark. But my Mr. Coffee here is puffing away, finishing up a pot of the stuff that's going to get my day started right. Listen to that. Oh, it smells good. I need this. I'm going to pour this first cup of coffee. I'm going to take my first sip of coffee of the morning. Oh my. I'm a new person already. Mark, can I get you a cup? Keith, you know I don't drink coffee during the week. Are you still on that mark i am i i do not drink it during the week i only have coffee on the weekends you have uh, to explain this concept to to the legions of listeners out there who are now like baffled well here's why i and it's it's my same theory i put uh with pizza and we'll do a show on pizza one of these times but i always considered coffee a treat or something special and I didn't want to waste it by just guzzling it down on Monday morning before I run off to work. Uh, you know, I want to have it and enjoy it on Saturday morning with a donut from Johnson's Bakery, uh, you know, and just uh, relax and kick back and have a, a few cups of coffee. Uh, I, I think I just think guzzling it down in the mornings is a, a waste of good quality, uh, a good quality beverage. So here, here's, here's my theory about this. I'm not going to try to deter you of this insane policy, but um, see, I guess from my perspective, it's, it's not a treat at all. It's a necessity. I would, I would sooner give up food than give up coffee, I think, at this point in my life. But what you could do, not that I'm saying you should, but you could be like my grandpa Uleg. He drank instant coffee. Uh, he would have one cup of instant coffee. He 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 put um, evaporated milk in it, and then that would get him going, get him primed for the day, so he could go out, face the cold, usually in the winter, and then um, you know take care of the cattle that were in the barn. He wasn't a dairy farmer, but he took care of beef cows, and then he would you know go off to the work site or 
do whatever he needed to do out on the farm. And that was where my first coffee experience, other than from what my dad, my dad was a trucker. He lived on coffee. Maybe this is where I get it from, but he lived on coffee. He didn't eat. He smoked cigarettes and drank coffee. And that's how he got through the day. With this kept him going that way. Kept him going that way. Yes. Uh, until, until he ended up in the emergency room and he ended up giving up the cigarettes um, but he still he still drinks a lot of coffee. <laughs> oh. Well, I don't know. Nothing against Grandpa Ooling, Keith, but you know, <laughs> it seems to me like it's kind of just a waste of coffee. I mean, uh, instant coffee isn't really coffee, it's, right? It's kind of some watered down blend of you know. But it's warm. It's warm. It it does it it has a taste. It doesn't maybe maybe it doesn't taste like coffee. But it has a taste, and it's warm, and it has caffeine, and then he mixed it with that. I, I just love the fact that it was canned evapor- evaporated milk. It yeah, just was, uh, you know. That's a nice he, touch. Yeah, I don't know why he did that, why he didn't use regular milk, but it was evaporated milk. Never cream, not half and half. But I think the, all this stuff, I think, was a product of the Depression, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, what kind of coffee was it that he he drank? You know, Do you I don't remember like the brand or anything. I think it might have been Sanka. Uh-huh. Is that an instant coffee brand? Oh, Isn't that a decaf though? I don't okay. know. They might have both. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing is decaf. You know, another option. I mean, I will say that there is, a waste down, of time. there is a downside to my Saturday. Sunday morning coffee drinking, and that's you kind of have uh, withdrawals on Monday and Tuesday because you don't have coffee. So, so, so you kind of drag through Monday and Tuesday. Mark, all you have to do is just drink one cup. <laughs> drinking coffee, yeah. And then you don't have to go through the withdrawals. Yeah. Well, well, I think the bonus of having coffee on Saturday outweighs the the – uh, withdraws Monday and Tuesday. So, That's- so yes. Well, okay. Um, here's my, here's my current uh, coffee philosophy. And this is, this is this, I came to this late in life. I was in, was in my thirties living in Minnesota, Mark, when I started to drink coffee. Um, but for whatever reason, um, my mom never drank coffee, hated the taste. And my dad was like this coffee fanatic, but we never had coffee at home. Dad, dad, you know, when he was on the road, he would just stop at these truck stops. And then he'd buy one cup of coffee, drink, you know, cups and cups, you know, free refills, and then be on his way. But yeah. he never drank it, never drank it at home. So we never had any coffee at home. And really? right. And when... uh so, you know, when I was a teenager, no coffee. Um, and then uh, even in college, I, I would, um, I would, tr- I tried it and it, I'm like, ooh, this tastes awful. But it was in Minnesota. And then this is sort of that heyday of the coffee houses started coming out. And then I started going there and drinking the expensive coffee, the lattes sure. with a lot of sugar in. And that's when I just sort of got hooked on it. And from there, yep. And from there, I've been, uh, I'm a complete addict. So what I do, I have this sort of week 
and weekend thing too is I use cheap coffee during the week, Folgers, whatever's on sale, and yeah. then um, you know make a pot and then we drink the I drink the pot throughout the day. But I also have like high end coffee uh, for the weekend beans that I grind, and then I've got almost every kind of coffee making apparatus. It's become a hobby uh that that is known to man as far as i know and uh you know pour over um french press uh the italian mocha pot the um even chris uh, a few years ago bought me a latte maker you know that you can make the steamed milk and everything yeah man so like uh well remember that time we went uh the university avenue in saint paul to that uh, yes. French Vietnamese coffee shop yes. restaurant, I guess it would be. Bakery, uh, was it too? It bakery, had, yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, talk about that. Okay, so we went to this place and uh, their coffee was. Uh, I do think this is a Vietnamese way of making coffee, is that it, it was sort of like a pour over filter metal apparatus that the coffee was put in and then i ordered a i ordered a mocha and then it came with uh milk and chocolate in a glass mm, I remember. And, then, and then they gave you that uh like a pot of hot water and i would i poured it into that that tin apparatus that looked like a top hat i'd never seen one of those before and then I I'm actually made my own coffee at the table, and it was fantastic. It actually was kind of a throwback because I think they used sweetened condensed milk. So it was like a, a bit of my Grandpa Ulig in that Vietnamese uh, uh, St. Paul Diner Bakery. Yep. It was called Trung Nam for our listeners uh, who might want to go there. It was on University Avenue. University, in yeah. Oh, man. 739 University Avenue in St. Paul in Frogtown. Uh, so that's definitely a, a must stop if you're a coffee fan. I've never uh, had. It's been the best, period. Most memorable cup of coffee ever. The best, I think, ever. And I've had yeah. good coffee. I, I yeah. Hey, I'm willing. I pay. I pay. What are some of the coffee coffees that local coffees that you uh, enjoy in in the Wausau area or Wisconsin, right. Minnesota? Right. In Minnesota, right now I am a big fan of the Ruby Colorful coffees. Mm -hmm. the, this is a, uh, a Stevens Point area. Um, I think they're located in Amherst or oh, a little town. I can't even remember the name, but it's a Stevens Point area. They, they started out as a roaster, then they uh, opened up a coffee shop in uh, in Stevens Point. Nelsonville is where the roastery is. And um, I've forgotten the guy, the, the, it's, it's run by a guy named Jared and his wife, and I've forgotten her last name, but Jared is from, uh, from the area. And then he went off to um seattle washington and i think he was in california too you know the west coast yeah. and he was involved in the coffee industry and uh he and his you know he got married uh she's from california you know um complete cali girl mm -hmm. and uh but he wanted to start his own 
his own roastery and you know the cost in seattle and it was also saturated it was just too much so he decided to move back home and use use what he learned in seattle and came back to wisconsin and they love it here now and their coffee is i think it's fantastic i love it best in in wiskasota i think so yeah and there's other good coffees too that i've had but i like this one the best and i like the backstory it's it's called ruby that's his grandma oh yeah yeah that's awesome that isn't great. it yeah oh yeah no i think i've had some of that you're right it's good Although yeah. i'm no connoisseur but it's uh definitely top notch uh yeah and you can get that at the stores or do you just have to go to the the place you can go to the place point. You can go to the place, you can go to the Stevens Point, you can go to Nelsonville, which is a really good thing. Um, going to Nelsonville is really nice. You can, they allow, well, they allowed us, we asked uh, some friends and I, we parked there and then we rode our bikes on a state trail that is completely escaping what, which trail, but it's, there's really good biking in that area too. And uh, Jared is a cyclist too, so he rides around. He he supports cycling and other like local athletic endeavors and stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, uh, but you can also order it online. And then you also can. Um, it is available in in certain stores, like in Wasa. I buy it at the downtown grocery, which is okay. a co-op. So our listeners can uh, order online. Yep. Uh, and if if they live in the Wisconsin, Minnesota area, they might be able to find it at their retailer. I just thought of the name of the bike of, of the bike trail. It's the Tomorrow yeah. River Tomorrow River uh, State Trail. So Nelsonville is a, like five miles from that trail, and so what we would do is we'll my friend Bob from down in the Milwaukee area. He drives up. I drive down to Nelsonville. We meet in the parking lot. We drink some coffee. We go for a bike ride, and then we drink some coffee again when we get back. Nice. Uh, well, Duluth is kind of a hotbed for coffee. I mean, it's kind of a hotbed for beer, but it, coffee is kind of the overlooked uh, uh-huh. one of the overlooked features of Duluth. Uh, Duluth Coffee Company on Superior Street has some great roasted blends that you can get uh, in the Twin Cities uh, or any big big uh, grocer. Uh, in the Minnesconsin, Wisconsin area, and uh, that's good stuff. And they have a variety of different blends and stuff. Yeah. But the one that the one that intrigues me the most, and I can't say I've had this a lot. Um, it's it's called Arco Coffee, and Keith, I think it should be the uh, maybe the official coffee of Minnesconsin, Wisconsin. And here's why, because it started in Duluth, in let me see. I want to make sure I get this right. It started in Duluth uh, in 1916. Oh. And in 1980s, when they were running the freeway through downtown Duluth, they took out the Arco Coffee Building. And so mm-hmm. Arco moved to Superior, Wisconsin. Ah. And that's where they are today. So Arco Coffee has kind of straddled the border of that uh, Minnesconsin, Wisconsin area that we that we love so much. It looks awesome. We've not yep. 
Have we, have we, uh, do they have a coffee shop? Have we been there? See, they don't. It's just a real meat and potatoes coffee that started a hundred years ago. And, uh, you know, I think their history is they sold to a lot of diners and restaurants. Oh, and like okay. I don't think they, they were in the stores right away. Um, now they are. Uh -huh. So you can get it there. But I still think a big piece of their business is uh, just a lot of uh, restaurants. You know, I've seen that brand now that I think about it in restaurants. And in fact, you know, I remember I worked in a, a gas station slash convenience store when I was in college in Stevens Point, And I think they used Arco Coffee. There you go. Yeah, I think that's. I a, think they a, might have. A big piece of their market. And, you know, there's a lot of stories in Duluth. Uh, I was reading a history website uh, not too long ago pictured that pictured their old building, which was on Michigan uh, in um, downtown Duluth. And when they would roast coffee, the whole downtown area would just smell like that fresh brewed coffee smell. Oh, and uh, a lot of the old timers on this history website that I read just loved that uh you know, coming into work in the morning, uh, and they're roasting the coffee and, uh, yeah, you know, you just walk into your, your office building or something. And there's that, that whole area is just, uh, wafting through with coffee, that aroma of coffee. Uh, I don't know what, what Duluth smelled like when the coffee wasn't being roasted. <laughs> <laughs> Fish maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The um, probably trains, probably steam trains. Yes, coal, coal, burning coal. The uh, um, I'm on their website. I like their Arco Norseman grog. That sounds good. Um, so my uh, my feeling is, Mark, that coffee is almost should be like a whisk soda. It, it, you know, beer gets gets all the recognition in Wisconsin, yes. especially, you know, but yes. it's like, man, coffee is like beer is to me. Beer is that special thing that you should have only once in a while. But coffee is just this thing that gets you into the day and then gets you through the day. And then like Duluth, you would think Duluth should be akin to Seattle and coffee everywhere because it's so cold in Duluth and you need that warm, that warm coffee. Well, the entire Minnesota, Wisconsin, area. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Duluth is. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. yeah. You're right. It's it, it just, it is that warmth. And then that you get that kind of punch from the caffeine. Um, it's just, that's Wisconsin. You need to be warm and Right, we're 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 like a midwestern industrious people, right? We got to get we work. We yep. go outside and do things. So we need coffee. Yeah, we get in our truck and we drive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or we so uh oh, one yeah. of my favorite things to do is been to uh bring some coffee, bring a little camp stove and then go for a bike ride, stop at a park somewhere brew right. coffee drink it and then bike home yeah. i don't know what i did it once with cross-country skiing with my friend bob too and that was i was a little cold while i was making the coffee but uh well, yeah that sure was some of those uh pictures of your 
coffineering is that what you called it coffineering yeah that's that is a coastal thing but it it fits well with wisconsin for sure yeah i know you have a lot of pictures of that so we could put those on the minisconsin wiskasota facebook page yeah to me it's almost it's almost like uh, a coffee is also you know really part of like cycling and cycle bike racing culture yeah. So I've I've just been consumed with it. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I maybe I'll, as I get older, maybe I'll switch my coffee drinking philosophy to seven days a week. But for now, man, I'm, I'm happy on the weekends, uh, brewing can... up a pot of coffee and and uh, enjoying that. And we do brew it uh, a pot of coffee. That's a. Uh, uh, old school yeah you use a um percolator right that's right percolator that yeah. i think that might be my least favorite way of making coffee it's the most environmental environmentally friendly way and it's uh it's uh you know the big shiny silver pot looks great on your coffee table yes it does i don't know about invite well pour over that's a fine environmental way uh mocha pot is fine does the pour over? Doesn't the pour over have a little filter? Um, I use a, a reusable filter. It has a screen on it, and you can oh. pour over. And yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I know Jen uses the uh, the uh, paper filter, which winds up in the somehow winds up in the environment, right? Uh, yeah, but you can put that into your um, your garden compost, compost pile. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. good compost. Yeah. Yeah, coffee grounds are good for that. Mm-hmm. And coffee's just, well, maybe it's not the most environmentally. Uh, I mean, you have to ship it. You have to, the coffee growing sometimes I've heard, but. You got to figure out a way to grow coffee in Minnesconsin. <laughs> that would be something. I think it's, uh, I think it's really, uh, uh, it's really uh, a pl- it's really there's got to be so many right things to happen and i don't think we have the mountains or the heat or the cold i mean we have the cold but i think it's got to be like cool in the evenings and hot during the day and that's not what we're about yeah well we like to drink it that's for sure we can't yes. here, but we'll drink it that's for sure yeah yes we will well all right keith i think uh you know you can uh Brew up another coffee pot here, uh, yes. and uh, and uh, let's see. You're going to head off into the essay booth. Head into the essay booth. Yep, I've got a good one. All right. Well, Keith, I'll uh, I'll let you do that here, and uh, and we'll uh, listen to Keith's Keith's essay from the essay booth. Here I go. When you stop to think about it, New Year's is a silly time to make resolutions, make goals, or set out to change your life. Especially in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and other northern areas. It's dark and cold and gray. Not exactly inspiring environments. This year was a little different, though. Sure, it was cold, dark, and gray, but it also was foggy. I know, I know. Fog can be oppressive and gloomy and maybe even a little creepy. 
But coupled with temperatures in the high teens and low 20s, the fog of early 2021 transformed into something magical. Frost. Not just any kind of frost. Rime frost. This is a delicate, lacy kind of whiteness that clings to trees and shrubs, giving the landscape the feel of magic. It's as if the spirit of Monet and his Impressionism is at work on the landscape. This year, we've had a string of days, a week or more of this frosty landscape, and it's been stunning. Just going for a walk seemed to give your spirit a lift. You could feel a lightness in your chest, and optimism vibrated through your thoughts. We loved it. We posted picture after picture on our social media accounts, even though any photo or video description or any other kind of description, even this, is a poor representation of what we saw and felt. And while in that particular magical kind of mood, we began to believe that anything might be possible, maybe even giving up sugar in our coffee. Okay, maybe not that far, but let's be real here, but maybe lessening the amount of sugar we put in our coffee. Let's talk for a second about that name, Rhyme Frost. It's kind of an ugly word for such a cool, ethereal bit of natural beauty. And it sounds a bit too much like rind, the peel you throw away when you eat a melon. Rhyme, of course, refers to this specific kind of frost that forms from frozen fog. It's very closely related to hoarfrost. That's H-O-A-R. And that's the kind that forms from moisture in the air in deeply cold conditions. Hoar is even a worse word. I've taken to calling it fairyland frost. I like the alliteration and aura of magic it entails. But look, no matter what you call it, the important thing is to experience it, to go out in it, to feel that sensation of the soft light filtering through those ice particles and get the lift that comes with it. And maybe, just maybe, we can get a start on those resolutions. You've been listening to the Minnesconsin Wisconsin podcast with your hosts, Mark Niklauski and Keith Uling. Got a question for Mark or Keith? You can email them at mnwipodcast at gmail.com. That's mnwipodcast at gmail.com. Or you can share your thoughts on the Minnesconsin Wisconsin Facebook page.